0: So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello, and welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we're joined by the Nicky Blau. Good afternoon, good morning to you, sir.
1: It's great to be here, Mighty Pete.
0: Listen, Great to have you on. It's uh, it's always a pleasure going transatlantic again today. So um, just to give our listeners a bit of background, so Nicky Blau is actually the known as the modern-day Napoleon Hill. He has interviewed the top thought leaders of the world. He's interviewed the creators of Chicken Soup for the Soul, number one leadership author in the world, John Maxwell, Oprah Winfrey's coach, Marie Forleo, Shark t- uh, star of Shark Tank, Barbara Corkan. He is a millionaire maker. He has helped over 11 people make seven to eight figures a year. He has helped 60-plus people make 100 to $500,000 extra a year. He is a champion for freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. He is the best-selling author of not only one, but seven books, Finish Line Thinking, Thought Leader's Journey, The Power of Connecting, and many, many more.
1: Nikki, it's an
0: absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming along today.
1: Mighty Pete, man, thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be here.
0: That is a that, that's a that's a list and a half there. You have uh, many many achievements to your to your name. So uh, I'm absolutely honored to be here chatting with you today. So I'm going to start with an easy one today, Nikki. What what does fire in the belly mean to Nikki?
1: Fire in the belly is your purpose, your why, why you do what you do, man. It's what gets you up in the morning. I love the phrase.
0: Is it something you have? Is it something you've always had? Where where are you?
1: You know what, brother, the fire is is, is there and there's times where it burns brightly than others you know um at the moment it's burning pretty brightly but there have been moments in my life where i've had adversity come my way and the fire's dimmed a little bit but it's never gone out i think if it goes out that's when my journey on this earth plane ends and so i want to keep it burning as long as i can
0: unless i love the way you've connected that already to passion and purpose and and you know is that something that you are now fulfilling? you know your passion, your purpose are you are you clear on your purpose in this on this lump of rock that we're all spinning around on?
1: Well, I'm a champion for freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. I think every human being on the planet deserves that and we're living in a time where even in uh, free societies, it's under assault uh, by forces that are um malevolent, unfortunately, even some of the governments in these countries are Undertaking actions to assault our basic human rights and freedoms. And like all governments, they're saying, oh, this is all for your own good. And these things that you think are freedom are actually bad and wrong. And like all governments who've sought to take away people's freedoms, they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. They're lying. And so for me, it's very important that everybody understand that our first and foremost duty living in a free society is to preserve that freedom for the next generation. You got to fight against those forces in, in and out of government that are trying to take our freedoms away. And for me, that's a big, big part of who I am and what I do. And economic freedom, free enterprise is the most important freedom after free expression. You need to be able to have the right to go choose what you do for a living and have the right to be able to apply that in the marketplace. Because free enterprise is voluntary exchange. So I'm a champion for men and women who are entrepreneurs, who are putting themselves out there, who want more than anything on earth, Pete, to be the kind of person that makes their dreams come true. And that's what I'm all about. I'm all about helping people do that. I want entrepreneurs, when my late father was an entrepreneur. And you know we were born in Iran, he was a Christian in Iran, and he had the foresight to take his family out of Iran and bring them here. And he used to come to me and he said, you know, son, we fed 51 families this week. Ours and his 50 employees, he was a very proud man, who lifted himself up by boot, bootstraps. The backbone of the Canadian and the worldwide economy are men like my father. And I wanna see those men and women succeed. That's why I do what I do, is I bring forth my skills and talents to help them believe in themselves in the moments that they don't believe in themselves as much as they ought to be. And I help them win. I put money in people's pockets, Mighty Pete. I love doing that. I love making people rich. I love having somebody that works with me get an ROI of 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times, 10,000 times what they pay. Although if they make 10,000 times what they pay me, man, they made a lot of money. <laughs> don't think I've ever helped somebody do quite that before, but 10 and 100 times, we've definitely done.
0: What, I mean, well, a couple of things there, really. The first thing is, how many people do you think, or what percentage, I know it's totally unscientific, but how many people do you really think get to know their purpose and their passion in life? You know, because I kind of get a feeling. Fewer
1: than 10%. It's a privilege
0: for few, right?
1: Yeah, it is, sadly. Why? You know, people are being told to be sheep, to not think for themselves. There's a media narrative that wants you to think a certain way. There's a government narrative that wants you to think a certain way. And, you know, over the last 50, 60 years, they've they've assaulted traditional uh, manhood and masculinity in society as well. And they've said manhood's bad, masculinity's bad. That's the first thing from the truth. Masculinity is what built the world, masculine men did that. Hey, there've been great women that have been a part of that journey too, but no one's gonna deny that, you know, the world today has been built by men who fought and died for our freedom primarily. Now today there's some women that are doing that too and you know that's that's something to be acknowledged and, and and celebrated too but to pretend masculinity has been a force for ill is a horrible horrible lie and we need to understand that and we need to understand that this assault on masculinity wasn't because men are bad it's because they know that if they de-emasculate men they won't fight back against their narratives they'll have people stop thinking for themselves we need a society of men and women that think for themselves that ethos has to exist and the reason most people don't go after their purpose is because they've been conditioned not to think for themselves look at what happened around this COVID thing okay I got COVID I got the delta variant of COVID it was nasty knocked me on my butt I was in bed for three weeks there were there was. Times during that, that I just felt, oh my God, how am I going to ever get better? Like it was nasty. And I did get better, and you know, I'm and now I'm more than fine now. And those people who ask me, well, now that you got COVID, I guess you're in favor of all these restrictions and masking and luck. No, I'm not. You know, I think that people who get COVID should take care of themselves. And I think people who are vulnerable. You know, like some elderly people, people with comorbidities, what a phrase, eh? comorbidities, basically underlying sicknesses is what they meant, should be taken care of. But you don't shut down a whole world over that. That wasn't, that wasn't cool. That wasn't necessary. That wasn't what we needed. Look at how many businesses got destroyed because of that. Look at how much mental health problems have cropped up because of this. I mean, people are committing suicide at alarming rates, epidemic rates, way more than anything COVID could have caused you know people lost their jobs because of this people uh, lost their businesses because of this and if our society had pushed back against our governments faster in greater numbers well maybe we could have avoided a lot of this pain and listen in the early days of covid i was i was masking up and not going out and seeing people cuz i didn't know but once we knew the facts that okay this is a real thing and it is a real thing and it does have consequences but its consequences are not that everybody who comes into contact with COVID is going to die because that was not what was happening. There was no need to shut the world down. Shutting the world down is if I see you and you have COVID and I get it, I'm going to die, then you shut the world down. But this was unnecessary, unneeded. And people came and said, oh, you don't understand, but it was, and you're a bad person. And I'm like, okay, if you think that way, you're entitled to think that way, but the facts don't bear it out. The facts are what the facts are. And as a result, if people can't think for themselves and push back against a media narrative and a government narrative, how the heck are they going to do the hard thinking that that coming into contact with your purpose is going to require?
0: I was going to say which which I mean, it's maybe an equal proportion here, if I'm if I'm understanding correctly. I mean, is it the fact that people don't know what they want or is it the fact that they are being, you know, they're not thinking for themselves? Or is it the fact that the, the actual the system is basically corrupt in a way that it's actually diverting them to a thinking in a certain way, for example?
1: I think all of that is true. All three of those are true. But it doesn't matter what the system does. You know, you're uh, a child of Almighty God. You've been put here on this planet to discover your purpose and live your purpose. And regardless of what government does, you're able to do that. You know, so what government's doing is making it difficult for people to do that. But I'm going to exhort people who are listening to this to say, start thinking for yourself, stop listening to mainstream or lamestream media news, and start thinking for you talk-free thinkers, let it stimulate your thinking rather than substitute for your thinking. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm here to urge you to think. And if you're not used to thinking, you're going to find it's hard, hard work, right? I, I teach people about thought leadership, how to become a thought leader in your space. It's not followership. It's not thought followership. It's thought leadership. Well, how do you become a thought leader? You have to think. And thinking is the most difficult work there is. That's why so few people do it, right? We need to become a society, though, that seeks the uncomfortable, that seeks the hard and not the easy. Now, my favorite Democrat president of the last 100 years was John Fitzgerald Kennedy, okay? He was of Irish descent. So we got we to give you props for that for are producing this great man. And, you know, in the 60s, he said that he wanted by the end of the decade to put a man on the moon. And a famous speech he gave, and I'm going to paraphrase it, um, that you go watch on YouTube and all your listeners should go watch on YouTube. And it goes something like this. We seek to put a man on the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. You think about that. There was a time where men, society sought the difficult. Today we are living in the world and the age of convenience. And I'm the one right now, Nikki Balu who's standing putting his hand out like that yelling stop. Seek the difficult. Seek the uncomfortable. Seek that which scares you. Because that's going to make you better. That's going to make you stronger. That's going to make you more powerful. And you, my friend, deserve to be stronger, better, more powerful. It's the only way. It's the only way that you will ever, ever live a life that you deserve to live. If you seek the uncomfortable, if you seek that which forces you to get out of what is familiar to you. That is how you'll fit. That's how you'll be better. Look, the last two years of COVID have been difficult for me, absolutely. My business was a live seminar business. We took it online. Sure, it wasn't the same. We did a good job in delivering content. Our ability to, uh, to sell online big ticket programs was not the same. People without being in the energy of the room could pull away from meeting to take action to make themselves and their dreams bigger and better. And a big ticket program scares people. It's uncomfortable, but it's only when they're in the room and they feel the energy of possibility that they take action on something like that. Now, can it be done on Zoom? I'm sure it can. I'm sure some people figured it out. I didn't. My my big ticket sales were not as big during that time. I'm excited that we're back in person again because in person, we're going to crush it. We're going to make it happen. It's going to be beautiful. And I'm telling you that right now. But Mighty P, brother, you know, if we in society want to live with a fire in the belly, then we got to accept the suck. We got to embrace the suck. We got to be there for everything that makes us get out of our comfort zone, because that's truly where the gold lies. You know, there is no other way to get the gold other than that. What, what happens
0: on the other side of pain and, and what is it that our body, when we get that sort of pain bump, what is it that is going on and why do we need to push through
1: it? What's going on is your monkey mind is, when you stop, 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 this hurts, this is painful, you, you, you shouldn't do this. And our society is now speaking to the monkey mind. And, you know, once you get through that, that's where everything good lies. That's where personal satisfaction lies. You know, there's a program out there called 75 Hard by Andy Frisella. It is a brutally tough program. I'm in the middle of 75 hard. And I may have, I definitely injured my shoulder. I may have torn it. I don't know. I'm, you know, praying to God that I didn't. I'm still doing it. I'm still doing my workouts. I can't do upper body, so I'll do a lot of, you know, abs and legs. I'll go for walks. I'm still doing it. Not because it's easy, but because it's hard. The other night, I came home. And I had to get up at five in the morning, and it was almost midnight, and I hadn't done my second workout that you're required to do. And so I said, "Okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to walk." And I did. I walked. I was tired. It wasn't a hard workout, but it was. I moved for 45 minutes. I kept walking back and forth, back and forth, and then it was done. And I went. I went to bed satisfied that I'm. I'm a man. I'm a masculine man who did what he said he was going to do when he didn't back out like a freaking wuss. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. That's, I mean, that's a sort of passion. And for you, I mean, do you have to, do you find you have to actually set yourself up for that winning formula to, to get past the voice in your head, to get past your own limitations, to get past your own truth, if you like, is that's absolutely key. Do you think to, to mastering yourself?
1: And man, that monkey mind is always chattering. You know, Steve Pressfield in his magisterial book, The War of Art, said that there's this thing inside of all of us called resistance with a capital R. And resistance rears its ugly head whenever you set a big task for yourself. It'll tell you, oh, you don't have to do this. You can slack off, you can blah, you can blah. And what he has to say is, screw that screw that right you got to fight resistance every day but it's never one and done resistance is always there mighty pete resistance is always there it's always going to try to knock you off course so how do you win in a situation like that brother you can only win if you recognize that it's there that you continue on and you don't let resistance win
0: oh. What has this past two years, this, you know, the pandemic, what, what's it taught you? What have you learned from it? What's the lesson?
1: Well, the big lesson is that I need people and I love people and we all need people. The social being and being away from people has been hard for me. So that's one thing that taught me uh, is the necessity of being around people and the people that I love, like my, my sons, my lady, my mom, you know, my late father, man, those are the most important people and I want to be around them most of all. Second thing it taught me is, yeah, I got to embrace the suck more. That better at that. <laughs> you know, That's my job. Hmm. How? I
0: mean, first of all, I mean, where, where do you find yourself in flow state from what you're saying? It's, it's when you're with people, when you're either, you know, on stage, you're performing. Is that, is, is that the place of your flow state where you get your greatest creativity?
1: Yeah, definitely. When I'm exercising, I also am pretty creative. When I'm writing, I'm also pretty creative. People who give me energy, give me uh, a ton of creativity and power as well. There's a variety of different things that can cause that for me, man. Going for a walk. i mean, in Toronto right now, the weather's really beautiful. Going for a walk on the beach, and I live near the beach on a day like today. That's fantastic
0: quite the privilege right you know to to be able to do that to be able to reflect in that way to be able to do it and, and that's do you think that these are the traits of of thought leaders these are people that actually take the time to reflect to think to to take time out for themselves
1: absolutely you can't be a thought leader if you don't take time out to think <laughs> it's
0: one of those things isn't it i suppose it is it you know the real the real thought is done i mean whether it's visualization meditation taking the time for you right that's that's the genuine thought, isn't it? As opposed to slogging it out in an office or going through. But I mean, what, you know, do you find meditation and visualization, et cetera, are all key to your, your own expansion, your own creativity, your own sort of discovery of self?
1: I need to meditate more brother than I currently do. There was a time where I meditated regularly. So that's one of the areas where I got to get out of my comfort zone and make it happen. But yes, um, for me, reading does that as well and exercise. You know, walking in nature, all that really is top notch in terms of getting me to the next level.
0: Yeah, wow. So tell me, I mean, tell me way back. What what was Nikki's real first intention when you were growing up? What did you want to be when you grew up or initially?
1: I've always wanted to be a writer. I love books. I love uh, I love writing. And uh, you know, I, when I was younger, I also wanted to join the Iranian army. And become a general, <laughs> that didn't end up happening. Uh, when we moved to Canada, I just didn't feel Canadian enough to want to join the military at that point in time. Um, but uh, uh, I got to tell you, uh, Canada is a great country. It'd be a different story now. I understand what what makes this country great and unique right now. But uh, writing's always been the thing that's been top of mind for me. And I like I like getting up and speaking too. So that's why I like doing podcast interviews like this. I like getting on stage. It's awesome.
0: What is it about writing then? Because, I mean, you, you have, is a total of seven books now you have? they either, they've already been published yeah. or about to be published?
1: They're all published. I've got an eighth book coming out actually right now. And I've, I've written a ninth a novel, which I, I, I just got to get it out myself. And uh, I'm uh, working on a 10th and possibly an 11th <laughs> as well. So book writing is fun for me, man. I enjoy it. It's good stuff. Now I gotta I gotta really put more attention into book marketing and book selling too, because those are those are important things to do as well, and that those are some skill sets I have yet to master at the level I want to master them at. Um, but book writing is just good times, man.
0: It's amazing. I mean, through your podcast, you know that you've you've had a chance to speak to some of the well, some of the greatest authors in the world, some of the great thought leaders, and. I suppose, what what has that taught you? And I mean, what have you learned as a a common thing from guests on your show?
1: You know, that's a fantastic question. So number one is these are all originals. They're, you know, they're part of what Steve Jobs called, here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the visionaries, the round pegs and the square holes. These are those people. They think for themselves and they come up with really cool ideas that they want to share with the world. So that's one thing that I've learned is I got to do a lot of original thinking And I got to constantly be going out there and learning from other people. It's what you learn from other people that will resonate with you, that then becomes your own. And I think that's really, really important and powerful. Uh, secondly, you can do it, man. You can become successful. You can become a seven, eight figure person in this industry. That's another thing those folks taught me. It's a beautiful thing. And the way to do it is just keep working, keep moving forward, keep coming up with new ideas and keep finding ways to inspire people. Like, you know, me coming on your show, if uh, one person listens to this and goes, wow, I love what that guy had to say, then, you know, that's fantastic. I, I, I reach that one person. And if one person listens to the show and says, wow, I got a business and it's a little bit stuck and I want some help in growing it, boom, they have a conversation with me and I get to serve them, I get to participate in making their dream come true. With my help and with the help of programs that we put together, that's fantastic, man. That helps me grow my business. That helps me grow my impact. That helps me grow my influence. So that, to me, is what's exciting.
0: Are they, are they core values for you, soul values, if you like, which, whatever you want to call them? I mean, is that, a, that impact that yeah.
1: to others, right? Impact, influence, income, brother, the three I's. I three. Wow. Impact, influence, and income. Yeah, actually, I, I'm uh, about to say I four. Impact, influence, income, intent. We'll add that in there. These are I four, I to the power of four. Inspiration. Yeah, that's good. That'll be high five. All right, man. That's good. That's good, Marty P. We came up with some good stuff here. It's key, right? I mean, that, that
0: sort of... And, and I notice how all of those are generally outside of yourself, with the exception probably of income. Talk to me about income. Should we all be delving to be as rich as we possibly can?
1: Absolutely. You're in a free market society and that's your job. You you should make money. Making money is a uh, way for you to be free. And it's very important to be free. And those people that say, I don't care about money. Well, then you don't care about freedom because without money, you can't be free. That's just the reality of the world that we live in. And will always be the reality of the world that we live in. And secondly, you need money to take care of the people you love and take care of yourself and have fun and enjoy yourself and buy toys and by experiences that are magical and amazing for you and and, and the people you love. And it's amazing. And taking care of you is very important. Anybody who says, no, 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 that's not important and it's not about money, bullshit, it's not about money. Of course, it's about money. It's about other things too, but it is absolutely about money. And those people who think, no, 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 I'm not doing this for the money, then really? Then I I suppose I can stop paying you, right? You'll do it for free? (laughs) You know, it's ridiculous. What a crazy, insane, ridiculous statement for anyone to make. I think it's a virtue signaling leftist BS statement. I'm not doing this for the money. Of course, you're doing it for the money. That doesn't preclude you from doing it for other reasons too. That you're in business to make money, take care of things, take care of business, take care of people. And money also is a good way to measure your impact. Because if you're making a lot of money, that means you're helping a lot of people. So there you go, man. Income rocks, man
0: you know and it's 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 amazing the number of people that fight that they really sort of hold back on it or they don't get themselves properly paid for their service or what they're doing right and you're sort of saying it's your duty to earn as much as you possibly can
1: yeah and what's one of the things i teach people is charge low or charge like are you kidding me so pete if um i'm able to get you to a million dollars a year and i charge you a thousand bucks that's weird that's like weird there's, there's a disconnect between the value of what you got and what you got charged for it. Right. It it, it's, you won't value it as much. You probably, you know, wouldn't, won't accept it as much. Like if someone put a car in front of you and said, this is a Ferrari and I want $200 and someone put a car in front of you and said, this is a Ferrari. I want a half a million dollars. Which one of those two people would you trust to actually deliver the Ferrari? Answer which one would you trust?
0: The half million
1: of course because when you charge large people trust that you are going to deliver large when you don't charge enough people don't trust you will deliver that if you don't get what you should get you won't give what you should give write that down if you don't get what you should get you won't give what you should give period full stop in the story
0: it's paying to play right the more you pay the more you play
1: you got it like hey i'm, I'm a nice collector okay This here is one of the knives in my collection designed by a Green Beret named Tulam. It is a Spartan Blades uh knife, the Ronin Shinto. It's kind of in the Indonesian Kukri style. It's made with S45 VN steel. This is not a ten-dollar knife. You understand me?
0: Yeah, nice knife.
1: Yeah, it's a very nice knife, right? I am thrilled that I paid. Get 400 500 for it, right? Um, that's a good knife, that's a great knife, and a ten dollar knife is a piece of crap that after a few uses you'll toss. I want to pay for these knives, and I want people to pay when they work with me. If I'm going to make you a millionaire, you owe me at least a hundred grand for that. <laughs> that's the way I see it.
0: It's investment in self, isn't it? Are you investing in the business? Are you investing in self? Are you investing in your future? What what is it? the investment going toward you? The
1: number one investment you have to make in your business is in yourself. If you are not investing in you, then you are not somebody who is going to be able to grow. And if you don't grow, your business won't grow. Robin Sharma who I used to coach when I was a fitness trainer, said, if you ever wanna double your income in any given year, triple your investment in personal and professional development. Triple. So if you spent zero on it, I guess, well, don't triple it, spend something on it. But if you spent $1,000 last year, spend $3,000 this year. If you spent $10,000 last year, spend $30,000 this year. I just invested in something that's allow my company to garner leads using AI from LinkedIn. Now, it may not work, but I like the idea of AI finding me (laughs) leads. You know what I'm saying? It's like I got a a virtual assistant for a couple grand, and that virtual assistant is going to find me leads. I love it. I'm glad I made that investment in my professional development. Right, and I'm also going to learn personally, so there'll be some personal development how to utilize this system. Love it, and it's also making me think about how to automate the process of bringing leads to me because that's something that I have not. I I've been afraid of it. I've been thinking. I've had a limiting belief that it's not going to work, and I shouldn't try. And I should do the things that I'm familiar with. And I know the things I'm familiar with are great and they have worked, but they're not going to work for me to scale. I am looking to at least 10x my business. I'm going to 10x my business. I got to do things differently than what's gotten my business to X. That's
0: key, right? That is key. It's getting this, that's, as you say, that 10x, it's the thinking different because if you don't think different, then all you're going to do is get, yeah, you're going to achieve a little bit more, but it's only ever going to be 5, 10, 15% more, right? gotta get out of your own way and how do you do that is is it is it a, you know do you change your environment do you read more books you know you're saying investing more in your own personal development is that what it is to get the newer version of you the updated nikki 2.0 you know the, get that cracked out of the box and get them up and running
1: look i read books all the time i listen to podcasts all the time but i invest in mentoring and coaching i have four coaches right now. Right? And I just hired a fifth one for this LinkedIn AI thing. Although it's mostly an AI thing, there's a little bit of coaching. But you got to invest in mentoring and coaching. You got to invest in learning. Like a $20 book's great. Like my book, The Thought Leader's Journey, everything you need to know about how to grow a million dollar a year practice is in that book, everything. That book costs 30 bucks. I don't know a single person who's bought that book and go on ahead and turn that $30 into a million dollars. I know a few people who have got that book and, you know, maybe done one thing in there and made like a 5,000 or $10,000 sale, but that's about it. If they want a million dollars, they need to invest in my program. They need to be thinking to themselves, I'm gonna put in 10 grand and then I'm gonna up my investment to 50 and 100, because that's what it takes to get to a million dollars a year. Now, Mighty Pete, I'll ask you a question. If I were to put a program in front of you that had an 83% chance of adding anywhere from a quarter million to $2 million a year to your business, would you be willing to invest $100,000 to make a quarter million to a million a year? Not one time, a year. Would you be willing to do it? Yes. Yeah, if, if, if you believed it had an 83% chance of getting you that result. That's if your answer was that. anything other than yes, you're not a serious business person. You're, yeah. you're a dabbler. You're a hobbyist, right? And there's nothing wrong with being a hobbyist, but stop pretending you're a serious business person. Serious business people want results, want them today, and are willing to invest time, money, and, 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 and brain power to learn how to do it. That's why you're in business, because you're serious about success.
0: Well, what in your view is the most common thing that holds people back?
1: What I just said, a lack of seriousness, a lack of seriousness, they, they tell themselves they want to be rich, they want to make money, they want to you know, have an impact, but they're lying to themselves. They're not really committed to it. It's in the realm of wishful thinking. It would be nice, I'd really like it, it'd be awesome. But it's not in the realm of this shall be, no matter what. When you were a little boy or a little girl, when you were a little boy, and you were crawling around you had a goal that goal was to walk now at that age i'm sure you don't remember but do you think you're thinking around that goal was you know well i will give it a shot but if it doesn't work out you know then it doesn't work out i'm fine was that your attitude you just kept going didn't you you just you were gonna walk You you were gonna walk and you had a mentor around you, your mom and dad, that were gonna make sure you were gonna walk. There was no way you were not gonna walk. It was like the you know, the Trojans burning the ships, right? Or the Greeks burning the ships when they went to Detroit, they burned the ships behind them. It was victory or perish, and that's how you need to be about success in your business. It's victory or perish. And the people that are in business today, they are not all in, all sold on the concept of victory. But if you are committed to victory, if you are done being some dabbler, loser, hobbyist, and you're ready, you're like, I will get to a million. Not I'd like to, not it'd be nice, but I will. Then you're, you're emotionally and mentally vested. And then you need to be financially vested and that you got to be ready to invest to make it happen. Who's ready? Mighty Pete, who's ready, bro? Does it come down? Is it the goal setting?
0: Because when people are not committed, is it the fact that they've not set themselves up clearly? They're not clear in their intentions, clear in yeah, their goals? That's
1: a, that's a small part of it, bro. The first thing is you got to commit to say, I want this. And it shall be, and I am not quitting no matter what, no matter what. I want it to happen fast. But if it doesn't happen fast, as long as it happens, I'm going, I'm going to keep going and going and going and going without that decision, nothing else matters. Once that decision's made, then everything else will line up, including goal setting, intentionality, et cetera. But first it's, I'm in to win
0: getting it's getting that focus right it is getting that that clarity that intention that purpose setting it out and and saying it out loud you know it is saying it out loud so the universe hears that you know that basically everything around you commits to that right what I mean you, you're sort of saying you, you had a bit of a, a, a background in fitness I mean do you tend to attract people from the fitness industry do you tend to attract people from all entrepreneurs, all areas of life. Is there a, a, a certain type
1: of uh, niche or client? Yeah, we've wor- work we've with? worked with a few fitness people. We've worked with a few fitness people, but the niche we work, with, brother, are executive coaches, consultants, and other service-based entrepreneurs. So as long as you've been in business for you know three years and you have a business, you're not brand new. Man. Can we help you if you're brand new? Sure. But if you're brand new and you got no income the first thing you got to do is go get some income because you know um i don't know if it makes sense with no money in the bank to just put ten thousand dollars out on a program to grow your business you should just go get some clients just gut it out and get a few clients but once you're at i don't know five eight ten fifteen twenty k a month then you got to be looking at investments and even Before that, you gotta be making investments, but maybe then your investments are smaller. Instead of buying a 10K program, you buy a a $30 book, maybe a $100 online course, um, at least to get your feet wet. But the truth is most of those aren't gonna get you results. You are gonna start investing in bigger things. But I, I also don't want people to be stupid about it. If you have no money, zero, right? And you have never done anything you don't have a proven business model then you may want to prove your business model without spending a lot of money first but if you have no money zero and you do have a proven business model and you just need to get off your duff or maybe you're starting a new business model but you've had an old business model so you're a seasoned business person then yeah you ought to invest in yourself and a program like ours is a good idea for you but only do that if those factors are true. And if those factors are true, then you should invest. You should invest time. You should invest money. You should invest your belief that it can be for you. It's that, it's that, um,
0: what I'm hearing is a, it's an amplification. It's a taking something you gotta have, gotta go, you gotta have done the basics, right? You gotta turned up. You can't just turn up out of the blue. No, this sounds nice. You know, it's saying, no. You got to prove yourself at least get some momentum. And then from that, you can do something with that. You can accelerate that. You can amplify it. You can then do, you know, create something that they maybe wouldn't have dreamt for themselves or shorten down the timescale, right? You can actually help them to do that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%, brother. 100%. You have got to do that. For you, is
0: it down to, you know, is there proportions in terms of client management, marketing, you know, your actual program itself, the the work that you're doing, you know, is there, is there equal proportions there? Or is it, is it a lot of it down to client generation, lead generation, client management, et cetera? I mean, how, how does a business normally split up?
1: Well, we, we, Matt Church, who mentored me, taught me, that a thought leader's job in our industry is you got to do three things you got to think you got to sell and you got to deliver so i spent a lot of time thinking i spent a lot of time selling and i spent a lot of time delivering so it's about a third a third a third. but you got to do all three of those things you can't get away from it can't outsource your thinking can't outsource your selling certainly not early on if you're you know a solopreneur you can't outsource selling once you get bigger but i i, I don't recommend it until you're at least a million dollars even consider it, and you definitely can't outsource delivery. You got to be the one that delivers, until the point where, like I said, you're an established thought leader and you want to license your stuff out. Then other people can deliver it for you. But right now, that's not where things are at for most people that are listening to this. They've got to do think, sell, and deliver. And for
0: you, I mean, tell me that. I mean, you obviously you have the podcast there. I mean, what what was your intention with the podcast? Was it just to have beautiful conversations with amazing people? Was that the Initial intention.
1: Oh, the podcast, no, the podcast is intended to support my business. Yeah, the conversations are great and I learn a ton from them, but I don't do them just for that. A lot of time, money, and effort spent on putting those podcasts together. Those podcasts are intended to create a, uh, a a brand for me and to attract people to my message. And that's why I'm coming on podcasts like yours. I want people that don't know me to know me, and people that are hurting and are ready to commit those are the people I want to know who Nikki Belu is because they listen to me they're gonna go this guy knows his shit he knows what he's talking about and he's a now guy and I'm a now guy I'm ready for now and my brand is the now brand let's act now let's get you going now not next week not next month not in a year now 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 and that is that the
0: key to unlocking the humans just we are just predictably distracted predictably
1: if you're know. interested in success you need to be an now person if you're interested in continuing to fail then don't be an out person okay there's a story of Napoleon hill you know the story of napoleon hill how he came to being napoleon hill you know the story let me tell you the story mighty pete So Napoleon Hill was a newspaper reporter when he was a young man, and he was asked by his editor to go interview the world's richest man at the time, Andrew Carnegie, right? A Scotsman who'd emigrated to the United States and built a huge steel empire. And he interviewed him, he had three hours and he interviewed him and the interview went great. And he said, thank you, Mr. Carnegie. And Mr. Carnegie said, Mr. Hill, would you like to spend the weekend at my estate, I'd like to keep speaking to you further. What would you do if the richest man in the world asked you to spend a weekend at his estate today, Mighty Pete? What would your answer be? It's a done deal, right? Of course. Would it matter if you had other things on the go, or would you put those aside? You would do whatever it takes. I'm asking you, I, Mighty Pete, would you do whatever it takes? Good. That's a good answer, because that's what Napoleon Hill did. And over the weekend, Andrew Carnegie asked Mr. Hill a lot of questions, and he also shared with him his philosophy of success, and Mr. Hill was very, very taken by that. And he said, Mr. Hill, I have a proposition for you. How would you like for the next 20 years to research and bring my philosophy of success to the world? I will not pay you a stipend. But I will give you letters of introduction to the 500 most successful men and women in the United States. Would you be willing to undertake this task? God damn! What do you think Napoleon Hill did? Did it all. No, specifically, what did he do when he was given that proposition? Did he take it or did did he turn it down? Yeah, he took it. He took it. Yes. But you know what he did not do? He did not tell Andrew Carnegie, I will get back to you, sir. It took him 31 seconds to say, yes, I'll do it. The rest is history. Napoleon Hill wrote the best-selling book of all time on personal development, Think and Grow Rich, and has changed millions upon millions of lives. Now, 20-odd years later, he went to see the great man once again just before he passed. And Mr. Carnegie said, You know, you don't know this, but I had a stopwatch under the table when I asked you if you were going to take this on. And I'd given you a minute to make up your mind. And you made up your mind in 31 seconds. And if you hadn't taken longer than a minute, I was going to withdraw the offer. I'm like, ah. And Gil said, wow. he said, why do you think I do that? He says, well, it's because the successful make up their minds quickly. They are now people. They are not, I'll get back to you. I'll think about it. I'll let you know people. They are now people. If anybody listening to this really is serious about success, become a now person get all the facts and to make a decision now if you don't have the facts you can't make a decision so it's incumbent on you to get the facts but you should even get the facts now and you should say yes i'm in or no i'm out now if you don't do that mighty Pete, you're a loser you'll always be a loser Andrew Carnegie had given this offer to four of the most eminent educators in the United States before he gave it to this unknown newspaper man. They all said, I'll get back to you. Guess how many of them got back to him? Two out of the four. The other two never did. And those two got back to him much later than they said they would. And their answer was inevitably no, because time and distance took the power of their dream away from them. Their dream died when they said, I'll get back to you. When someone says, I'll get back to you, they're saying, my dream is dead, pay no attention to it. It's, you should write a book on this, by the way. <laughs>
0: it is, it's like the power of now, but in a different way. It's the real power of now. It's that aspect, isn't it? It's that, you know, that, that's what well, I know. And certainly in, in the likes of thing they talk about the power of decision. You know, it's, it's deciding. Making the decision, deciding quickly, you know, deciding without hesitation, deciding and committing. You know, how many people do that? You know,
1: decide, commit, act, win. The four-step process: decide, commit, act, win. The opposite of it is put off, right? Avoid. Distract. Lose. We just created some thought leadership together, mighty Pete. I'm gonna make this into something really powerful. Something really powerful. Decide, commit, act, win, put off, avoid, distract, lose. Boom! That's good stuff. It's the spectrum, right? You always have that choice. Do nothing.
0: In fact, it's impossible to do nothing. We're just—we're all eroding anyway. We're all disappearing, or do everything. So it's, you choose, and it's a constant choice, isn't it? It's not like a red pill, blue pill. I took that red pill, and therefore everything in my life is chosen. Every day you got to wake up and choose. Every day you got to wake up and decide. And it's being that that's, thats your Is it your value set? Is it your beliefs? Is it your The mantra is your code of conduct, your code of ethics. What is it that makes you decide every day? Is it, is it having a powerful vision?
1: You know, those are really good questions for me. That's just how I live, man. I'm into deciding, right? Like yesterday I had a call with these LinkedIn people and I was, I'm ready right now to take my business, my life to another level. And I like what I'm doing. I like making calls, coming on podcasts. I'm going to continue to do all that. But I need something that 10x. And that's not going to 10x me. I mean, Unless I get on Joe Rogan's podcast, then maybe that'll 100x me. So Joe Rogan's listening here. Bring me on your podcast. Joe, I'll be the best guest you ever had. Um, but I'll tell you something that you need to be looking for ways to expand, to grow, to be better. If you're a business owner, this should be your mantra. And a decision can be a no decision. There's nothing wrong with saying no. You know, the only thing wrong is when you put off the decision. I'll need to think about it to get back to you. No, you don't. Stop saying that shit. That's what losers say. And I'm gonna tell people that. Stop saying that crap. That's what losers say. Losers need to think about it. Winners decide. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm the next guy who says, I need to think about it. I'm gonna say, No, you don't. I made the decision for you. I'm withdrawing the offer. I won't be working. Good luck. Go find somebody who is ex who who is willing. To let you sell out on your dream, because I'm not. I only work with people who are ready to go for their dreams. So true.
0: Tell me, what, what, so, are you, what are you great at and what are you terrible at?
1: I am an incredible bowler. I speak better than anybody. I am probably the world's greatest speaker, you know, and I am an incredible writer. I rock at that. But brother, little details, and yeah, not so much. And there's some shit that I just suck at. Cleaning up my house, eh, yeah, not so much. Not so much.
0: I love it. It's 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 good to know your strengths and good to know your your either weaknesses or just the things that just don't do it for you, right? Because you gotta yeah. know both about yourself, but learning about yourself. Yeah, man. And when I agree. For you to actually, you know, challenge yourself, do you find, I mean, is that, you know, is, we'll put it this way. Is, is pressure for diamonds or is it just bad planning? Which is it?
1: I don't know. Both can be true. I mean, pressure can really turn you into a diamond if you, if you use it right. But pressure can be completely unnecessary because you failed to plan too. So, you know, that's one of the things I got to get better at planning. Um, I, am decent at planning at times. And at times I just completely ignore it because it's not fun for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's one of the things I'm planning on investing in time and money into becoming a way better partner.
0: I mean, do you find now that you would, you know, give you a pressure situation, give you a challenge, and that's where we will see the best of you.
1: Oh, you I'll know. rise. I'll rise, but I, I want to be a man who plans and is ready about everything in advance. Now for some things, I'm, I'm very good at planning. When I write a book, I plan it out really well. Um, I have a course, uh, a men's organization I run, the Sovereign uh, Circle. We have a curriculum that we designed last year for all of this year. And right now in June, I'm designing the curriculum for 2023, and we're two-thirds of the way through that curriculum. So we're, we're going to have something really, really great. Uh and that's pre-planned. But there's other things I got to get better at, man. I got to pre-plan um my lead generation and sales efforts, thinking through how to make them better. And that's something you know, that right now I'm kind of sucking at planning that. Uh, I'm okay at executing, uh and decent at executing, and better than decent at executing, but planning. My planning's got to go from like a four out of 10 to a 10 out of 10. And I know that'll take me to the next level in life and business.
0: I'm intrigued. You mentioned that you have four, now five mentors on the go with, obviously with your, your LinkedIn AI side. I mean, what, do, do different mentors do different things for you? Or is it the character that brings out certain strengths in you? Or is it different well, sectors? I, well? I have,
1: they're, they're for different things. I have a mentor who works on, you know, uh, helping me meditate and manifest things i got a mentor who's my uh primary business and sales coach Uh, i've got a mentor around health and fitness uh i've got a mentor around relationships you know I I had all kinds of mentors who give me mentorship in all kinds of areas that's powerful
0: it is powerful to always to be reflecting on others to you know to, to out there and you know, you're mentioning in terms of your learning style, it is, it sounds like it is that immersive side. It's the books, it's the listening, it's the taking it on. I mean, you know, but yet, you know, you, your language is quite kinesthetic too. So you're, you're obviously a doer, but also a reader, right? So it seems to be a, a mix of the two. Is that a fair statement?
1: It's a very fair statement, I make. Very fair.
0: What What's the nicest thing somebody could say about you?
1: That I care. That I give a good gosh darn because it's my self-image is I'm a man who cares and I like it when people notice that
0: and who's who's been the sort of inspiration in your life who's been the the you know is there anyone in particular that's always stood up or always been
1: my father my father greatest man I've ever known it's a man who literally gave a shirt off his back to his employees, people. He's bought people cars, apartments. You know, he gave till it hurt. He sought to uplift everybody around him, his family, his kids, wife, his mom, his dad, you know, everybody. Strangers. This, this is a great man. This is the epitome to me of what a man and a great man ought to be. He wasn't perfect, but on balance, he was awesome and awe-inspired.
0: Powerful habits, right? Powerful values. We have service to others and to be given. Thanks, brother. Huge difference. What, what does the future hold for you? Then? Yes, sir.
1: I... Brother, right now where I'm at is I'm looking to. Um, I'm looking to do two things. I'm looking to grow. Our business, and I'm looking to grow our tribe of entrepreneurs, heart driven entrepreneurs who are looking to make uh, a difference in the world and are, are, are looking to live life as the best version of themselves. That's very important to me. And uh, grow my men's organization. We're at 20 odd men now. I want to get to 50 and 100 and 1,000 and 10,000 and a million. And I've got two sons. I'm looking to raise them to be good men. One's 14, one's 16. And uh, you know, the future's bright for them. Uh I'm in a relationship with a fantastic woman. I want that to continue to grow and be great. I want to be a good son, a good uh, brother, uh, good cousin, good uncle. Those are the things that are important to me and I want to continue to be healthy and fit. Got a little injury in my in, in my uh upper back near the neck area, oh, yeah, I want to deal with that so I can get back to to exercising fully and completely. Those are the kinds of things that the future holds for me, man. And I got more books coming out. I got another book coming out uh, right away. And I've got uh, two or three other books that are on the horizon, man. So I'm excited. And if I write, write this book, The Real Power of Now, and I'll do, that'll be cool too.
0: It is. It's it that you know, I, I can't fault you for your, you know, amazing focus and dedication. And I love that, the fact that, you have clarity in what you your purpose and who you are and what you do you know is is that does that just come naturally for you is that years of practice years of just you know being part of now being in that absolutely let's get it let's do it let's go
1: this is how i live man i you know i've been i think yeah, that we're here on this earth to, to 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 live to love to grow to contribute and. Uh, for me this is natural. I, I don't consider it to be difficult. I guess for some people it is difficult. And you know, if anyone wants to get better this, just like anything, you gotta practice. You gotta practice and you'll get better. That's how it is.
0: What what's a bit of a, a guilty pleasure for Nikki then? What what will we find you doing when you're taking time out, taking time for yourself?
1: Guilty pleasure. I don't know. Uh, there's some foods but I don't, I don't really eat badly these days i'm much of a guilty pleasure these days even around that um i like bread and cheese I'm not eating much of it these days that would be a guilty pleasure you know really love bread and cheese what's what's your and go-to in the t- bread and cheese well i'm from iran so there's this iranian there's a couple types of Iranian bread, uh, barbari and sangyak. They're fantastic. And uh, there's a paneer sefid, which is really a form of feta. And um, some walnuts. That's the most fantastic sandwich. It's just amazing. It's really, really great. And uh, if you want to take the guilt uh, and the pleasure factor up, you pour a little bit of honey on top of that, that concoction. You toast up the bread. You warm it up. Put in the the cheese and put in some walnuts, a little bit of honey, drizzle a little bit of honey, and you eat that. That's pretty spectacular stuff.
0: Wow, you, yeah. you're making me hungry now. Just I, I haven't even had it before. <laughs> <laughs> the way you describe it, the way you describe it with passion and purpose, and but, oh, wow, that's awesome. So, it really have you, is. Have you have you family back in Iran as well? Do, do, you, do you do you go back yeah.
1: home at all, or I haven't gone back a long, long time, but I do have family back home. <laughs> yeah it's great great country great people and i pray every day that god uh, allows the government to be one that's for the people because at the moment i don't think it is
0: and uh, in, in regards to that i mean would you classify yourself as religious spiritual neither where would you put yourself
1: i'm a christian i'm a christian proud of it
0: yeah that's great it would be To you know to have a
1: i agree i agree i agree you know um i think everyone should follow a faith and the biggest trick the devil played on the world was convincing it that he didn't exist the devil does exist there is evil in the world and you need a moral compass and yeah there was a lot of religious institutions that were run by people that cared more about themselves and their power than the people. But in general, religion has been a force for good. Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, all forces for good. And I think more people should take on a religious faith and go out there and practice it in the world. That'll make them better. It'll make the world better. And we got to watch out against those people who want to take out all faith and all belief in God and religion from the world because those people don't have your best interest at heart. They want to make the world a worse place. One where you're more easily controlled. And screw that. Screw that.
0: Those those people, I mean, do you think, is that is that nature or nurture? Do you think they're just born that way? Or do you think it's something that's happened in their lives or
1: something? I have no idea. brother. I really can't say. I'm not an expert in that arena. All I know is that we are living in interesting times. Yeah, you want to love your enemies. I believe in that. But you also need to fight your enemies and beat them. <laughs> so for you then
0: and, and leisure and pleasure, what, what do we find, what do we find you doing in downtime? Is it, you know, your man up a mountain in the sea? Where where would we find you?
1: Reading books, man. You know, watching movies. Uh, another guilty pleasure of mine is uh binge watching Yellowstone, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Stuff like that. All right. What a great show, Yellowstone. Really, really terrific. Really, yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: Well, love it. Love it. So tell us, where can people learn more about you? Where can they find more about you, hunt you down, track you down, stalk you, any of the above?
1: Don't stalk me. But look, if you're a business owner. You're, like, ready to take action now. Now. Take your business to the next level go to my website easteracademy.com there's a button in the top right hand corner it says book a success call go in there let me know you listen to me on the mighty pete show and tell me you're ready to take action now to take your business to a new level that doesn't mean that you get to work with me because you know i gotta decide that and you gotta decide that when we get together but what it does mean is that you're ready to act now and i want an action taker to be all about that so That's that's what it's all about, as far as I'm concerned. That's the best way. Go jump on a call and take action. Take action now. Not yesterday, not another day, not sometime in the future, which is never going to come. Say yes to yourself now. Say yes to your dreams now. Say yes to success now. And do that by going to eastcircleacademy.com. On the button in the top right hand corner that says book a success call now, or just ecicleacademy.com forward slash appointment. Both will take you to the same place. That's the thing to do. Ecicleacademy.com is my main website. You can go Google Nikki Ballou, you can go duck, duck, Go Nikki Baloo. you can go on Amazon, check out my books, and the podcasts are there and listen to all that. And if that's, that's what you want to do, knock yourself out, go do that. But I'm talking to that person who's ready to act now. That's the one I want to take action and jump on. Uh, on my calendar. Let's make that happen right away. Wow.
0: Awesome. Is there a final message you'd like to leave with our listeners today, Nikki?
1: Stand up for freedom, think for yourself, and act now.
0: Yeah. Powerful. Powerful. Nikki, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy, your spirit, and, and really coming along and sharing. We appreciate that. And Listen, you've you know amazing, great books there for people to read. You've got a great opportunity for them to contact you, you know, and so many nuggets and insights there. So thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your service. And uh, listen, I've no doubt we'll, we'll hear more from you. So thank you very much, Nick I appreciate you.
1: God bless you, mighty Pete. It's an honor to be here on your show.
0: Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And by the way, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.